CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, Ben Jarofsky listeners. I got information for you. There is still time to cast your ballot for 2023 Best of Chicago presented by Lincoln Park Zoo. With over 300 categories to vote for, you could show love to your favorite small businesses, social media personalities, music venues, hairdressers, sport leagues, vintage shops, dive bars, and so much more. Visit chicagoreader.com slash best to submit your votes today. It's Wednesday, January the 10th, and your Ben Jarofsky show starts now. On today's show, it's Wednesday, so you know what that means if you're a regular listener. Monroe Anderson is back for Monroe Wednesdays. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, if you've got questions, ChicagoReader.com has answers, so head on over, spend a little time there. And if you want to spend some time looking up Ben Jarofsky, well, head to ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Budget Madness Wednesday, and here's why. Monroe Anderson is joining us. He'll be uh, sit, he's sitting by, uh, waiting to come on before we bring him on to talk Trump and all the national news. I want to talk a little bit something about budgeting in the city of Chicago. Oh, I know. You pro- I just probably lost every listener I had with that one. Nothing put, not nothing like t- puts people to sleep than talking budgets. <laughs> And it's always like with the way it's presented to the people in the city of Chicago, it's always like almost like an apology. And I got a feeling, be honest with you guys, most of the people who talk about budgets really don't know much about them. I'm just saying it out. I'm throwing that out there. That's a secret I'm putting out there. Okay. You're not going to hear that secret from any other media person in the world. Why? Because they're all dedicated to the notion that they know what they're talking about. (laughs) Even though they don't. You know, most reporters in the city of Chicago, I'm going to reveal another secret. My know Anderson knows I'm telling the truth here. Most reporters in the city of Chicago, when it comes to budgets, it's like open mouth, feed them. That's how it goes. They're fed the city hall. Here you go. Write this. Okay, well, I got to write something. So they pretend and act like they know what they're talking about. Do you know, I don't know how many reporters in the city of Chicago ever like really thought about a budget you know, really hard, you know, like, What's involved? Had a sit-down conversation with a budget expert. And most budget experts are there to, like, kind of confuse you. Anyway, they want to put out propaganda, okay? So reporters up on deadlines and like, I got to write this. I got to meet a deadline. I got an editor who's asking me questions. The editor probably knows even less than I do. Whatever. I'll just take whatever they give. Give me and I'll put it up. So anyway, to that point. We have a uh, new gambling facility uh, in Chicago, a casino. 
Chicago's been talking about building a casino forever. And whenever they talked about a casino, they would bring on these uh, planners, which, oh, my God, this could be so important. To bring in the money that Chicago needs to pay its bills. You know, they would always have these, like, experts that come on, you know, all these various talk shows and all the citizens of Chicago. We need a casino to pay our bills. Never think of once a course that this is just a way of soaking people who can at least afford to pay it. It's like you're going to soak poor suckers and saps who go to casinos and lose their money, throw away their money. But no, when it comes to the city of Chicago, this is viewed as some kind of like non-tax because it doesn't go on property owners. Really, only in Chicago, the one tax people understand is like property tax. We have to limit the property tax or any tax that rich people pay, by the way, by the way. You know, that's really we got to limit that because they got a lobby to protect them. So anyway, casino tax, whatever. If you're dumb enough to go to a casino, soak them, you know? So finally, Lori Lightfoot got the city council to approve uh, a casino. It's on the north, near north side of Chicago on the Gold Coast. It's a temporary site. Supposedly the real site's going up soon. Who Lord knows if the real site's ever going to go up. It may just be a temporary site forever. Anyway, uh, when Lori Lightfoot... Uh, pronounced that the casino is a done deal she estimated she and her budget uh, bean counters estimated it would be bringing 12.8 million dollars in revenues for the city and of course all the suckers and saps in chicago go yay we we're gonna be rich <laughs> guys or something else anyway yesterday's uh the totals came out for the actual totals for uh this last year it was in the sun times uh, Bally's revenue underwhelming is the headline. Yeah, I'll say so. It was 3.1 million. Somehow or other, they projected 12.8 million. And they only get 3.1 million. I'm not surprised. I guess there's only so many suckers and saps in the city of Chicago. You know, there's a lot of competition too. A lot of gambling venues. Plus, everybody is sports gamblers. Oh my God, I know so many of them. When their phones, they're just like obsessed, constantly betting on sporting events. And I love them. Dear, some of these are my best friends in the world, but I, most of them are, are going to lose. These parlays, I mean, you don't even want to know about it, listeners. Anyway, it's gambling is set up to soak you. That's what you have to know going into it. You're not going to win. I'm going to bring up Brendan Schiller. He can talk, tell you all about it. Okay, He's a professional gambler in Vegas right now. It's set up so you lose. If you're entertained, by gambling, okay, and then it's just the money that you pay to be entertained, like going to a movie, you pay money. But you're not going to win. You can't anticipate winning. And the notion that the city of Chicago, it's a healthy way for the city to raise money to fund its essential services to pay its pensions is ludicrous. It's a very unhealthy way to raise money. But the city of Chicago, anything to avoid uh, raising the property tax, even though they raise the property tax every year through the TIFs, so now it's only 3.1 million as, as opposed to the 12.8 million. Here's probably my favorite part of the whole story. It's sort of near the end. Uh, so the company that owns the casino is Bally's. So far, Bally's landlord at Medina Temple has made more money off the temporary casino than the city pension funds have. The corporation has paid prolific River North developer Albert Friedman more than $3.8 million in monthly rent payments since their lease began in 20, December 2022, according to a copy of the agreement obtained by the Sun-Times. So the landlord has got $3.8 million. 
uh, and the taxpayers have gotten 3.1 million, and a lot of suckers and saps have been soaked. Budgeting in the city of Chicago. And that's the latest update in the budget. All right, without further ado, Monroe Anderson uh, is sitting right here patiently uh, waiting to talk about all the news of the day. A lot of local news we're going to start with. But Monroe, I know you're not surprised uh, that the city of Chicago is uh, a little what? I don't know. Is deceitful too strong a word? When they want to bring in the suckers and saps to get them to approve whatever they're doing, they go, we're going to make $12.8 million. And then once the deal is cut, oh, quietly, oh, we only made. They released a report. We only made proof. Actually, it was uh, Lori Lightfoot's administration that promised the $12.8 million. Brandon Johnson uh, was the one who unveiled it. That's another game. All right? You know, so Brandon Johnson goes, yeah, they said they were going to make $12.8 million. We only made $3 million. Blame her, not me. Right. More games. More budget. Get right, Monroe? If you could have blamed the predecessor, isn't that how you do it? Isn't that what the PR staff does? Exactly. But, in, in, in fact, they should blame Richard M. Daily. <laughs> he, 20 years ago, oh, yeah. more than 20 years ago, he set them up for this yes. because he kept, he, 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 he sold off the geese yeah. that lay the golden eggs. So yeah. they don't have any revenue. I mean, well, they have some revenue, but they don't have enough revenue. Yeah. Uh, is that Chase Bank or which bank is is getting all the parking meter money. No, it's not a. It's not a bank. It's a consortium of investors. Yeah. Uh, and there may be some banking concerns, and I don't. I haven't kept up on who. Uh, yeah. I remember who the initial investors are because Mick Dumkin and I did the stories on it. Right. Um, uh, so this brings me to a point that I wanted to discuss, and uh, we'll we'll hold off on Trump news for a little while, ladies. Just just be patient, you Trump uh, Trumpsters out there. Uh, so Monroe, as he said in the show, has contributed chapter to a collection of essays uh, put together by Dick Simpson, Professor Dick Simpson, former uh, alderman uh, from the north side of Chicago, a good friend of Monroe's. And uh, he, Monroe put the, together the chapter on, uh, it's a book about mayors. Chicago uh, modern Chicago mayors. Mayors, That's yeah. Modern mayors? Oh, as a distinguished yeah, from, from the 19th modern century. Mayors. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It begins it's, with daily. It's from... It, it's from uh, Harold Washington to Lori Lightfoot. Oh, my bad. It 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 begins with Harold, not with a Daddy Daly. Not so Daddy. Okay. Not Daddy. All right. So, um, for most of the lifetime of millennials, uh, the mayor of the city of Chicago was Richard M. Daly. Harold Washington was the mayor from 83 to 87. So you have to be an older millennial to even have been alive while Harold Washington uh, was mayor. And it's it's a really interesting generational gap here, Monroe, because for people like you, for baby boomers like you, me, Delmarie, so many of the people who come to, on my show, Harold Washington is just the most significant chapter in Chicago political history. And it, it's, we... I'm going to be doing a whole show on Harold Washington coming up really soon with Helen Schiller and Jackie Grimshaw. It's like his administration, his legacy is perhaps the most, it's just so important to us. And as I get older and as the days pass, I realize it's less and less significant. 
to younger people. In fact, I remember Alderwoman Maria Haddon at her first Tuesday show kind of like rolling her eyes. If she hears one more Harold Washington story, it's not like she has anything against Harold. It's just like he's an impossible standard for uh, today's lefties or progressives, whatever they want to call themselves, to stand up to. Because he actually like tackled the machine, racism, the, the corporate media. He took it all on, Monroe. He was the man. And they rebelled against the white supremacy. They, like, you can't get a youngster today to understand what Harold Washington was up against. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? And so they just like sick of here. It's like basketball millennials. They don't want to believe that Michael Jordan was as great as he is. They keep saying, oh, LeBron's the greatest. You get what I'm saying? They don't want to admit that Bra- that Harold Washington's the greatest mayor we ever had. So it's like, I realize that his significance is faded. But you know who else? Daily. Baby Daly. You, you said this to me before one in the year. You did the show last night at the library to yeah. promote the book. In the Winter Garden. In the Winter Garden. That's up on the top floor, right? Nice room up Yeah. Did they have any food, by the way, at this show? No. No, come on. No. In fact, after after we finished, yeah, uh, there was a uh, a gathering of the authors at some bar. Oh, okay. And they were given. They were serving pizza and cash bar. <laughs> <laughs> you go. So, yeah, the only thing you got out of it was a some free pizza. I didn't. I. I, I I have a lot of problems at um, distractions at home. So gotcha. So you couldn't make it. Yeah. Uh, so you missed the cash bar. <laughs> You've been to a wedding where they have a cash bar, or it's an open bar for a half an hour. Right. I've been to a wedding where like, uh, all right, the open bar is doing it. I've been right. like running the bar. <laughs> Remember that show Monroe talking about baby boomers, uh, where it was a supermarket. And you had a, like two minutes and you, there would be a person with a cart and you had to run through the supermarket and put all the, fill up the cart. You had two minutes to fill up your cart. You remember that show? Yeah. Was that? Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, now, and there was also a version for toys. Where you filled the cart with toys? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I, so, I, I, I wasn't hanging on my seat paying attention to those particular toys. I love, I love, I, I'm, I would confess to you, I love that one where they were in the supermarket and I'd be screaming. I was like to 10, go to the meat section. Even I knew, go to the meat. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, anyway, that's what a cash bar is like. You go to a cat, I mean, uh, open bar for half an hour. <laughs> Come on. Hey, guys, throwing a wedding, just have the open bar. All right. Um, but anyway, one of the things uh, that you were telling me, it came clear to me based on the questions that people asked, is that more and more Richard M. Daly who was the all-powerful mayor of the city of Chicago from 1989 to 2011, when the city uh, voters in their infinite idiocy uh, elected Rahm uh, to succeed him. Uh, Mayor Daly, I think, is being forgotten as time goes on, Monroe, just like Harold. I mean, at least there's old people like me and you who Uh, want to remember Harold. Who wants to remember Richard M. Daly? The difference is, uh, Harold has a library named after him, he has a park named after him, and Richie has Maggie Daly Park. Richie, yeah, <laughs> His wife, yeah. but nothing's named after him to my knowledge. So maybe I'm wrong. 
I mean, even J Jane Byrne has an interchange named after her. Uh, Mayor Sawyer has a water uh, facility named after him. But I don't think, I, I can't think of anything that Richard has named after. Do you think Chicagoans are at the point where they're embarrassed uh, that they constantly elected Richard M. Daley as their mayor? No, I don't think they're embarrassed. I think they're pissed off. They're angry. Every time you go to park your car, <laughs> and they keep jacking the, whoever, whoever owns the parking meter, yeah. jack it up every chance they get. And now, and it's the same with the Skyway. The Skyway is being raised, I think, oh, $7 yeah. or something now. Well, it did, I mean, Monroe, this ties into the, the theme I began with. People are so clueless when it comes to how they fund their government. Uh, and there's just a squadron of PR flax, less so in Brandon's administration, I have to admit, than in the previous ones, whose job is to just confuse you and get you to believe, get you to, like, believe that your mayor is omnipotent and in, completely in charge. Uh, and so Chicagoans fall prey this PR campaigns where they tell you things like, oh, we're going to sell the Skyway. That's one. We're going to sell the parking meters. That's two. We're going to sell the parking garage. That's three. And we're going to make so much money from those sales that we will be able to forestall uh, raises in your property taxes. And the dummies in Chicago fall for it, Monroe. This is my problem with Chicago right there. I think, yeah, I've, I've, I've wanted to disagree with you. Go. Help. Defend okay. Chicagoans. Go. Right. No, I'm not defending Chicago. What, I, what I'm saying is that the the people at City Hall yeah. fall for the pitch from the planners. I mean, they actually believe what they're being told. They are doing. I, mean, I think you know. I don't know this for sure, but yeah. that's my impression: is that uh, the city planners and 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 even the city planners may have been sold by somebody. There's, there's a string of cons that goes on, BSs. And so by the time we, it gets to us, we're just the victims. Wow. Everybody else is sort of um, neat, winking and nodding at the other person or, or, or convincing them. I, ha I had a friend back in the <clears throat> late 70s that was a car salesman at the time. Yeah. And he he uh, he was a student of how to sell people stuff, and he was out uh, buying something, and in the middle of buying it, he said he realized he had been put on the elevator <laughs> <laughs> with the same tactics that he used to, to, to sell used cars. <laughs> yeah, man, same tactics. Right, exactly. Nope. But even those who do it can fall victim to it. Yeah. No, they start believing the hype. Yeah. Uh, by the way, there was a great flick way, way long ago called Used Cars. I thought it was hilarious. Kirk Russell was in it uh, about used car salesmen and how conniving they can be. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, the um, – so much of the daily administration uh, was dedicated to flim-flam, flim-flammery, uh, and uh, – using a whole squadron of PR flax who are feeding information to a dutiful press, uh, corporate press that pretty much just devoured whatever they were given uh, and promoting the notion 
uh, that the mayor was an astute steward of city finances. Uh, yeah. And he figured out new and brilliant ways to finance city government when, of course, right. he hadn't, Monroe. Right. Exactly. But, but he, he, I'm sure he believed that. You and, believe, Daly believed the old the yeah. BS that his people put out? Yes. Yeah, right. He's, I think, I'm pretty sure he, for example, I mean, I've told you about my neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, exactly. And I won't because I, I let's I not like, name your neighbor. He's always walking that dog and talking exactly. about what a great mayor daily was. Yeah, right. No, and he but he believes yeah. Yeah. he believes that stuff, you know, like he he believes that um Lincoln uh Lincoln Parkways or whatever the developers are. Oh uh yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. he he believes that what they're doing. Uh-huh. for the city he i mean uh-huh. not only is he pitching it he believes it yeah you know, because lincoln they, yards yeah lincoln yards yeah yeah but he uh, he believes that that's going to be great for the city wow lincoln yards is a huge development on the near north side of chicago i talked about it endlessly i wrote about it endlessly the city invested 1.3 billion dollars uh to help see the development uh and it is doing so poorly that the uh, owners have lately been passing the hat looking for funding to how to get the project uh, funded. Meanwhile, just across the river uh, on, on the area they called the Clybourne District right down the street from Monroe, uh, where Monroe uh, lives, uh, there's just one vacancy after another. This planning in the city of Chicago is a complete joke. The notion that you would pump all this money in to uh, the Lincoln uh, Yards development while ignoring the existing real estate issues. Monroe, you drive up in Clybourne. You know what I'm talking about here. You, I'll, you, I'll take you down there if you haven't been there in a while. I'll show you one vacant store after another. And yet the city of Chicago, let's just pump a whole bunch of money into this thing. And it's, you know what, Monroe, people believe it because a lot of people are getting paid up front. Uh, that you what I just told uh, you. Yeah, but they—they—that's part of it. But it's also is that times are changing, and these people are still in the last millennium. Oh, that's a valid. You know, for example, mm-hmm. uh, your your favorite businessman, uh, Donald Trump, <laughs> is losing more money than he did on his gambling casino on his buildings that had the biggest box stores in it. Yeah. Because of Amazon, the Amazon effect. Yeah. And that's impacting these stores along Lincoln Corridor because you shop online most of the time. Now I shop online most of the time. I don't need to go to a store. So well, yeah. Yeah. I, so why I thought you were gonna talk about the COVID uh I thought that's where you're going with the, the impact of COVID and more and more people you know, uh, and people want to be out and about, but they, they're, they don't want to be in stores shopping. But I saw this development before COVID and you're, you're making a very compelling point that there's changes in people's shopping patterns. There's also like the, the Lincoln Yards development was to a large degree dependent on office construction. Well, we all know that post-COVID, uh, I was just talking. Right, but it hasn't returned. I mean, the COVID is gone for the most part. But yeah. what happened was that these millennials 
don't they 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 started working at home and they don't want to go downtown. <laughs> millennials, we're always blaming millennials. <laughs> well, that's because uh, a, a, a lot of our group, the baby boomers, are retired already. Are are retiring, so we're not impacting this particular thing. Listen. I'm going to tell you millennials right now. My sons work at home. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they don't want to go to an office. They don't want to go to an office. But I'm going to tell you this right now, millennials and Zs. I'm going to tell you this as a baby boomer. I, I, I always seem like I make fun of you guys all the time. But you, in my humble opinion, have a far better track record when it comes uh, to electing mayors than boomers. Boomers have the worst track record of all. They are absolutely worthless. They believed every little lie that Daly told them. And they voted for him year after year after year. They supported his Olympics. He was going to bankrupt the city, put construction in parks. And baby boomers like, Ben, I read in the tribute. It makes a lot of sense. I heard on BEZ. They believe anything. They put some city official on what's that show, Monroe? They used to be used to be on it. The one where blank on Channel Eleven. They put them on there. They say any old thing, and baby boomers are like nodding their head. I heard it. It must be true. I heard it on B B E Z W T T W Chicago Tonight. That's the name of the show. So Monroe, I I believe millennials are a little more sophisticated than boomers. Oh wait a minute. Let me let me let, let me um, bring a little reality to this conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As you know, yeah, I am the city's greatest authority on white people. That is correct. Your foremost authority on white people. Yes, you are. And so it's white people <laughs> that were going for Taylor. It wasn't the city, Chicago. It was white Chicago. <laughs> Uh, although some blacks over over time, because Daly was around for so long, made the 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 transgression. Well, okay, so this is one of my favorite topics. Uh, this is such a great uh, one of Delmarie Cobb's of my favorite topics. Uh, and um, when I think about uh, the um, black voting patterns in the city of Chicago, from the great Harold Washington to where we are now, uh, what I have seen is just, um, how do I put this, uh, an erosion of belief, I'm putting this as euphemistically as I can, that the system in any way works for black people. So right. in 1983, when Harold was elected for the first time, turnout was, Monroe was like 80 to 90%, something like that. It was unbelievable. Right. And year after year, Daly thought they were successful when they just beat down, like they just pounded. First, there was they uh, they manipulated the division in black politics between Evans and Sawyer to their advantage. Right. Uh, and you, Monroe and I, you and I agree on this one. Huge fundamental miscalculation on the part of black political activists. Huge. Right. right? You right. wrote the book on this, Monroe. You know it better than anyone. Right. And so then they took advantage of it, and then they spread the myth: you can't beat City Hall, you can't beat Daly. You just gotta give in, let the man. I, you know how many that, black that people myth, told me that Monroe? That, that myth existed pre-Harold Washington. 
In fact, that's one of the reasons people, black and white, didn't think that Harold could get elected because everybody thought you couldn't beat City Hall. And uh, I can remember Derek Hill. I don't know if you remember him or not. Yeah, Derek. I remember Derek Hill. Yeah, this black. This, he was the host of a black uh, radio show, and callers were calling in, saying that um, <coughs> Chicago wasn't ready. This is black people. <laughs> Chicago wasn't ready for a black mayor. Yeah. You know, Derek said, "Well, when is Chicago supposed to be ready for a black mayor? Somebody gonna make the announcement? We ready now?" <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Chicago, it's, this is how racist Chicago is. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. Go back in history, all right? I know there's a lot of denial in Chicago about how racist Chicago is. But after old man Daly died, not baby Daly that you all know, but old man Daly, when he died in office, uh, the rules stipulated that an alderman named Wilson Frost, by virtue of the position he held, should be elevated to mayor. Wilson Frost is a black man. He's yeah. also very loyal alderman yeah. to mayor yeah. daly he yeah. could have been the mayor no big deal man it blew their little minds it blew their little white racist minds monroe the concept of wilson frost being mayor of the city of chicago remember you were here they locked yeah. him out of off they wouldn't let him take office they changed the rule they, they met they they met in a smoke-filled room <laughs> and he was a spook standing outside the door that they wouldn't let him into the meeting and they decided on who the next mayor was going to be. Unbelievable. That was the city. That's your city of Chicago. That's, of course, a history lesson that no one's going to teach. Uh, but you're right. And that was uh, in 1977 when they chose Belandic, who was an alderman from the 11th Ward. Right. Uh, and then there was a special election. That's what made him special. He was from the 11th Ward. Yeah, I know. 11th Ward. So that, that's the history we're dealing with. And, and Harold defeated that. Harold conquered that, you know, and, and he proved that, you know what? Chicago will never be ready for a black mayor. So we, black people, are just going to take over and do our thing, right? He said, it's our turn. Remember that, Monroe? Oh, yeah. No, and, and, and somebody, some journalist, I think it was a journalist, when he was in office, or, or, or anyway, somebody said to him that he didn't look like a, 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 a mayor. And he said to them, I am the mayor. This is the way mayor looks. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Who, who said yeah, that? I can't uh, remember. This was, you know, 30 some years ago. Wow. But I remember he, he, he told me about it. No. <laughs> the, the, that was another thing is, Harold embraced his blackness. For example, one, one one reporter was talking to him and talked about something being kinky. And Harold says, "Well, why does it have to be kinky?" And and, and he took he 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 took him off on a rant on the, on the use of that word and negatively. It was prerogative. Uh, Wow, I did not know that story either. I thought I knew them all. Yeah. Wait, did Harold Washington himself tell you this? Was it when you said, "Is that what you meant?" That Harold Washington. The 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 kinky. I was there when he did. Okay, so I I'm an eyewitness. Got it. That. The other. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
he he I don't know if he told me personally or he said it in a group of reporters. I can't remember, you know, because I had private conversations with him yeah. publicly, and then I was covering City Hall. Yeah. So some sometimes I was in the group when he did things. Yeah. Well, I um uh, that's why, in my opinion, I mean, we're, what we're getting at is why I just say uh, Harold Washington's greatest mayor city of Chicago ever had because he confronted head on the racism that exists in this city, which I think uh, is at the core of pretty much every significant challenge we have. Uh, and it's existed since the black people started moving to Chicago uh, at the beginning of the 20th century. Uh, and uh, it calcified by the time uh, Harold Washington uh, challenged Byrne and Daly in 83. Uh, and, and then he had run for mayor. That is correct. Uh, and and in uh, 76? 77. He yeah. ran, excuse yeah. me. Right, uh, yeah, he ran in the special election to fill the term created, uh, the vacancy created when Mayor Daly. Old Man Daly died in office. Yeah. Old Man Daly died in December of 76, and there was a special election the following year, and Harold Washington ran uh, and yeah. got clobbered. Right, got clobbered. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Which yep. was another reason why they thought you can't beat City Hall. <laughs> they can't. You know, Monroe, I, oh my goodness, so many people to Ben, come on. You just got to cut a deal with the man. You can't beat the man. I have heard that so many times. And Harold beat the man. Right. Uh, and then the man said, uh-uh, and spent four years trying to beat Harold, which right. no mayor has dealt with that. Right, Monroe? No mayor. You know, that kind of opposition. Uh, Daly had it easy compared to Mayor Washington. Don't you agree with me? Oh, yeah. No, they were waiting. They, they, they treated him like the second coming. Yeah, the, in, in the media, in the media, he was the second coming. So let me ask you this: uh, the first time he wrote a book with Dick Simpson, or part of his book, that was uh, I think eighty nine or ninety, something like that. Oh, was, Dick, I mean, that that was um, Paul Green. Oh, my bad, my bad. And, okay, and, and uh they edited a book. And they so, did. It. Was it yeah, the early nineties? Was it? Something yeah, like it was, well, nineteen ninety. It was called um, uh, Resurrection 1989. Okay. Chicago elects a new daily. Got it. And uh, I, I just saw that book when I was at your house last week. I saw it. You, there was a copy of it lying around, and I, yeah. I remember leafing through it and brought back memories. So I remember back in when that book came out in the early 90s, the attitude, in this, this attitude uh, consists persisted throughout the 90s that you couldn't rank Harold as the greatest mayor Chicago had because he wasn't in office long enough and he didn't build enough. And right. so uh, the people like the opinion shapers in Chicago, the Paul Greens of the world, uh, they viewed a mayor's uh, greatness based on longevity and building. And so by right. their definition, it, the dailies were the greatest. Daddy yeah. Daly, the baby daily. Right. Right. Uh, so last night you had your symposium. There were all the uh, intellectuals and academics, et cetera, uh, discussing the mayors of Chicago. Are people still clinging to the notion that the dailies are, quote unquote, the greatest mayors of Chicago or a few of them actually conceding? Well, uh, these, the, this crowd, uh, it's about, yeah, they were more analytical than that. Okay. In fact, um, it's, 
they talked about um, accomplishments, of course, but they also talked about shortcomings. And, and um, if you go to the uh, Chicago Public Library's YouTube site, you can, you can hear the um, event from last yeah. month, the discussion. And okay. I mean, and if you're really into politics, you, you, I think you'd find it interesting. Although I haven't seen it, I was there. Though, yeah. so. By the way, I want to give a shout out uh, to uh, uh, listener Cliff, who uh, I don't know, but Monroe told me came up to him afterwards uh, and paraphrasing what Monroe told me, said he never misses an episode of uh, the Ben Jarofsky show when Monroe's on it. No, yeah, you paraphrase what he said. Was <laughs> when Monroe's on he it. Listened, he listened to the Ben Jarofsky podcast all the time. Okay. Uh, he said, he, he, no, most of the time. He most said, of the time, Most yeah. of the time. He said, but he never missed <laughs> me on a Wednesday. I, I I was taken aback. I, I I was thinking Ben is always talking about dumb Chicagoans. This proves they aren't all dumb. <laughs> no man, <It's>, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a lot of smart people in Chicago. Not everyone in Chicago is dumb. <laughs> there's a lot of smart people. I I mean I must admit that I always rip Chicagoans because I'm so mad at them all the time for the things they do. Um, but there's so many Chicagoans, I'm speaking from my heart, who have taught me so much. Uh, and, you know, there's just a whole host of them. And all of them, the, the great ones who taught me stuff, uh, Monroe, are generally on the margins. I'm just, you know what I mean? They're, they're not like in the mix. They're not like the power brokers in the city. The power brokers, they know, but they then they just, they just fill your head with lies myths and falsehoods the power brokers are after power yes they are. <laughs> so what uh, whatever it takes for them to get that that's what they're interested in doing yeah absolutely absolutely and so they'll just put out and any old bs they can rationalize why they're doing this yes they think of themselves as the builders the movers and the shakers yeah they are that but it's in there is it's trumpian like it's in yeah. their interests it's not in the interest of the people. This is what makes um, the current mayor interesting, and he's probably going to be a one-termer. And people will talk about how he wasn't very good because he tries. His focus is on the average person right now. Now he may he may pull a Jane Byrne on us and, and shift over at some point. You don't know. If so, here's. Uh... Mayor Brandon Johnson, here's advice from two old goats in the city of Chicago, me and Monroe. And I'm going to piggyback on what Monroe just said. If you want to win the accolades from the Cranes, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times, the downtown business community, forget helping poor people, especially helping poor black people. Or helping neighborhoods even. Helping neighborhoods outside of Loop. Right. Give money to developers to develop downtown property and uh, as much as they can to build up the downtown and you will be showered with accolades. They will call you the great mayor, just like they call Mayor Daly the great mayor, Mayor Rahm even. They call Mayor Rahm a great mayor. 
You know, but forget about the people who elected you. Really, don't don't build any mental health clinics. Uh, uh-uh. no one's going to give you any credit for that. Helping a poor person who's losing his mind. Oh, they talked about that last night on uh, on how Romney had. I I, th- I think he closed forty or sixty percent of the mental health facilities. But that was mentioned as one of his shortcomings in the discussion last night. You know, the, the number of people who complain about it in real time. Shout out Matt, uh, uh, listener Matt. I hope you're out there listening. There was like a relative handful of people who were pointing out how cruel this was. Yeah. That, that Rom's great idea to close the mental health clinics was part of his first budget, which passed unanimously, as in every other person voted for it. Right. Okay. Every other person voted for it and was applauded by all the little corporate media people here in Chicago. They all applauded it, Monroe. So uh, now it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they shouldn't have closed. Wait, right. closed mental health clinics and high crime areas? All right. So, uh, uh, you know, but again, you know, see, the problem there was they didn't know no better. <laughs> That's why they went for it. It wasn't, it, it, uh, it, it, it wasn't sheer evilness or anything. They you know, it's like with Giuliani and the mm-hmm. uh, broken windows theory. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the book was was interesting. The concept was interesting, but then when they actually put it into play, uh, it was a horrible idea. You know, but for the longest, um, Giuliani was celebrated. He's America's mayor because, quote, he turned New York around. Actually, yeah. New York was turning around, and he just came in there and um, said, "Well, if if um, we 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 let the the um, cops go wild on the black community, what's happening will happen much quicker." Yeah, yeah. This is the time what you're talking about again. The ancient history. Uh, Giuliani's reign in New York was in the '90s, uh, predominantly, uh, and this was the time when. Um, uh, the Senate, the Congress passed uh, the uh, Get Tough on Crime bill. Right. Uh, and there is still. And, yeah. And, and Biden was a big. That is correct. Uh, that. But, you know, but the thing is, like people forget, the Congressional Black Caucus was backing it yeah. also at that time because they thought, okay, oh, crack cocaine. And it was a problem. Uh, but their solution was to crack down on crack cocaine. But if you were sniffing the the, the pure white powder, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, did anybody have anything uh, really positive to say about Rahm Emanuel at last night's uh, forum? Yeah, he was the uh, he 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 and and Richard M were the uh, um. Attractive attraction mayors. They built things to draw people into the city. Uh, uh, visitors, um, uh, the young people. They. This is how. This was a good thing that they did. See, I mean, every mayor does this. Is my thing. Every mayor. Okay, Harold Washington. "Quote unquote," 
kept the White Sox in Chicago. Yeah. All right. They, they, I don't. I guess everybody forgot that, huh? You're just gonna forget that. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. But this, this, oh, I mean, this is the reality. I mean. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Park. I mean, that's that's a, an international attraction now. That Daly did. Which uh, one? Millennium Park. Millennium Park. Yeah, okay. I'll give him that. I'll give him Millennium Park. That's one thing he did in 20, how many years? Yeah, right. No, I'm, 22 I'm, years, I'll give him Millennium Park. Go ahead. What's number two? I'm giving you the examples um, yeah. that, that were, were, were mentioned mm-hmm. or alluded. Um, for Ram. Yeah, the river walk. <laughs> right. No, the, 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 Actually, yeah, the river walk and the skyscrapers that came along with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And what Brom did was he um, he 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 cut the pe- paperwork down, the, the the red tape. He just said, "Oh, you want to build <laughs> build it here? <laughs> sure, okay. go ahead. Have at it." <laughs> Whereas before, you had to go through all these hoops or whatever you to get it done. So that was that was. Wait a minute, hold it. See, that's where the guys, the the apologists for Rom, trip over their feet. Yeah, that's where they trip over their feet because essentially Rom Daly was one extension of the other. So the same apologists for Rom are the ones who told you how great Daly was. So if you're gonna pump Rom up, you got to pretend like there was something bad that that he changed and corrected. Uh, You can't do that if you've spent your entire life promoting the mayoralty of Daly. So. There's, it, it it doesn't connect. So again, this is why I tease Chicagoans. They they got to get you to believe <laughs> something that can't possibly be true in order for you to buy into their myths. And Chicagoans generally do that. So like Rom's myth, he spent year after year endorsing Daly, saying what a great mayor he is, even mayor was corrupt. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Rom becomes mayor, and he won't mention Daly's name, but he'll say. Uh, we have serious financial uh, budgetary issues that we have to deal with because of years and years of ne- negligence. Oh, really, Mayor Rom? Who was in charge all those years and years of negligence? Are you going to mention his name? Are you going to say his name? Well, no. uh, and, and, and also, yeah, to um, piggyback off of that, uh, with my theory, he yeah. also mentioned, uh, failed to mention that Daly had sold off a uh, <laughs> He said, "No, the golden eggs. Yeah. Looking for some other geese to sell. Oh, sell. They would sell if it's not if it's not nailed down. They were going to sell it. Okay, right. right. Uh, to, to to say their budget was balanced. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but he's like, but in the meantime, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, Mayor Johnson." <laughs> Yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> you figure it out. Good luck. Right. Uh, good luck. All right. Uh, we. I knew we were gonna do. We, once we went down this road, I knew there was really no going back. But uh, a lot. A lot of our listeners have told me they love when we talk local politics as much as we talk Trump. So I'm, I'm not apologizing for it. Uh, let's squeeze in some Trump talk and some national political talk. Uh, the story broke in the uh, Sun Times or WBEZ. Dave McKinney shout out. Uh, to you, enterprising reporter uh, for BEZ, the story that Donnie Trump did not sign the Illinois loyalty oath. Uh, and I will read to you, this is a loyalty oath that it's no longer mandatory to be to sign. I don't even know why we still have this thing. This is one case where I'm, I'm, 
Monroe, I'm going to stun you. I'm kind of sympathetic to Trump's position on this. Uh, actually, I don't know what his position is. Uh, but I, here, I, I, it's me first. That's, what, <laughs> yeah, that's his position. I'm not so sympathetic. You're right. But, and me only. <laughs> so, okay, so just follow me, folks. Just the more inconsistency here. There is This oath is not mandatory. It used to be mandatory, but a, a rule, a judicial ruling, and I don't remember went to the Supremes or not, uh, said it was unconstitutional, which I believe it is unconstitutional. Uh, and uh, But anyway, if you're running for uh, office in the state of Illinois, statewide, you're supposed to sign this. So here's uh, Donald Trump's, the loyalty oath that Donald Trump signed in 2015. I will read it to you. I, Donald J. Trump, do swear or affirm that I am a citizen of the United States, that I am not affiliated directly or indirectly with any communist organization or any communist front organization or any foreign policy, political agency, party organization or government which advocates the overthrow of constitutional government by force or other means not permitted under the Constitution of the United States or the Constitution of the state that I do not directly or indirectly teach or advocate the overthrow of the government of the United States or this state or any unlawful change in the form of governments thereof by force or any unlawful means. And then you see Donald John Trump. He signed it. Uh, he did not sign that loyalty oath this time around. He signed it in 2015 when he ran in 2016, and he signed it in 2019 when he ran in 2020. So Monroe Anderson, as the foremost authority on what goes on in Donald Trump's mind. <laughs> uh, no, don't, 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 don't put me there. <laughs> so, uh, you're, you're already the foremost authority on white people. Yeah, um, there's a difference. <laughs> white people are not crazy. <laughs> and well, some. Yeah. Um, so, all right, to your best of your abilities, why do you think Donald Trump did not sign this oath this time around? Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> didn't sign it because that's what he's doing. <laughs> so, it would be it would be like Ben Jarosky signing a pledge. Not to watch the bulls. <laughs> I, I, I think will not watch a bulls game. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not signing that oath. Uh -uh. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, in other words, he is attempting to overthrow the government. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Has been and will be. But what's 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 weird about it? I mean, just think about it. The guy lies all the time. Right. The guy is known for just breaking his word. Right. Uh, he's he's just been convicted in New York of lying on various uh, uh, forms regarding the value of his property in order to game the system. Right. Uh, so, like, all of a sudden, what? He's going to not sign a loyalty oath because... He's disloyal. He's going to break the oath. He's disloyal to the government. He's going to try to overthrow the government. He's not going to sign it because it, it makes it too easy for his political point, uh, 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 opponents, first of all, to point out all the ways he's already broken it. 
<laughs> but then, secondly, to point out, uh, since he's trying to be president again, on um, when he's doing it again, mm. how he's doing it. Yeah. And plus, Putin told him, don't do it. <laughs> 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 They're not allowed to do that one. <laughs> you, you, you know what's funny, man? Uh, so I've been following uh, probably a little too closely um, the behavior of Aaron Rodgers, who is uh, used to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, now quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, and at some point in Aaron Rodgers' life, uh, he, I don't know, man, he kind of fell in love with himself. And he came to really believe that he was the world's smartest human being. Uh, smarter than doctors, smarter than scientists, smarter than anyone, uh, even if he had no uh, training in particular in any of these areas. And, uh, and no brain, but okay, go ahead. And I don't know, man, he, but he at all began, his downfall, I guess, came when he just could not uh, accept the notion that he needed uh, a COVID vaccine would help him. Right. And, and you know, Monroe, um, I've struggled with this, the, the antipathy to getting the vaccine. Um, very, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And I say this as a person who I, I am not even going to pretend I understand science. What I generally do is believe my doctors. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but somehow or other on this particular issue, Aaron Rodgers, the football player, came to the determination that he will believe doctors when they talk to him about, let's say, his Achilles, which was ripped. He's not going to sham uh, healers to get his Achilles fixed uh, any other way but by the way prescribed by the experts. But when it came to a shot that would protect him from COVID, either keep him from getting it or limit its severity once he got it, yeah. He became the expert. I, I do not understand why he t- chose this field of medicine to proclaim his superiority over the doctors while he accepted their expertise on matters of his knee or his Achilles or his shoulder or his hand. It was very selective dismissal of scientific knowledge. So he lost all credibility, Monroe, in my humble opinion. And he's just gone down the rabbit hole um, absolutely uh, ever since with uh, one uh, stipulation uh, after another. Uh, I have no idea why I began this rant about Aaron Rodgers. I forgot why I began it. Uh, But I will say this, uh, that he yesterday uh, announced that, or it was announced that he was not going to be making regular appearances on ESPN because uh, it's sort of the result of the Jimmy Kimmel situation where he, Aaron Rodgers, said Jimmy Kimmel was going to be on that list, uh, the Epstein list, and then it turns he wasn't on the list. He gave a sort of a, a bizarre explanation as to what he was really saying, refused to apologize. And then it was announced today uh, that he's going to be taking a break from the show. Uh, I, I, um, if you'll recall last week, I told you that was a battle he would not win. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Jimmy Kimmel is on there every, well, five days a week and he makes them a lot more money 
than the network, a lot more money, and the company, the media company in general, a lot more money than uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, appearance on one yeah. TV show. That is a valid point. And, and, um, and the other thing is um, Aaron Rodgers has apparently, obviously, become more maggish. Maggish. Well, help me out with this. Uh, why is it? What is it about the vaccine that trips people like Aaron Rodgers? You know, that turns this into a crusade about liberty. Uh, we see liberty being denied all over the country. Go ahead. It's your president. You're, I mean, your 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 favorite president. <laughs> Not Biden. <laughs> it's that other guy. Remember, I mean, for for a while, the the um, COVID didn't exist. Yeah. And so I get a shot or something that really was no big deal. And then it was China doing doing it. But that it um, that but, but um, your president, uh, your favorite president, <laughs> was able to um, fix that for us. And then it was like, um, it became uh, a thing with the cult where you did not get a shot. They were pissed off because um, kids in school were forced to get it. And they were pissed off because schools were being closed. It became a whole mega thing. Yeah. All right. Let me put it to you. Let me rephrase it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's taken, like the principle evoked by Aaron Rodgers uh, the principle evoked by Joe Rogan, the principle evoked by MAGA in general is the issue of liberty. Right. The issue of freedom. Right. Uh, and of course, they overlook all the examples, multiple examples uh, down through history uh, where we've been coerced uh, into doing things that have denied us our liberty. Right. Including the loyalty oath we, did, we talked about. Which right. I never heard any of these guys speak out against the loyalty oath for years and years and years. Fred Hampton was killed in his bed by FBI agents. I mean, by the Chicago police acting in concert with the FBI. I never heard any of the forefathers of Joe Rogan or Donald Trump or Aaron Rodgers complain about that. In fact, they probably applauded. Okay. So this is the ground they're standing on. This is the hill they're, excuse me, that they're standing there planting their flag. Monroe, let me ask you this. Has, when you think of all the things your government has required you to do for right. larger stuff, it's just like wear a seatbelt, right. get a shot. Is there anything that you said, no, I'm not going to do that because it's an infringement of my sacred liberties as an American? No, 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 no. no. I'm telling you what it is. It's a, it's a mega thing. You know, it's a a false liberty situation. I mean, uh, I mean, it's just with okay. This is another example. The Fourteenth Amendment is being dogged by the right and tutu tutu everything, whereas the Second Amendment yeah. is holier than holy. Yes. And they're from the same constitution. Last that is correct. Right. You're absolutely correct. We talked yesterday uh, with Del Marie about Darren Bailey, the former gubernatorial candidate, 
uh, here in Illinois who has put out some batshit crazy uh, yeah, right. tweets uh, it, to, to pr- get maggot bow for him over Mike Boston, their uh, primary fight for Congress, which shows him shooting guns uh, and say he will not in any way comply with J.B. Pritzker's de- demand that uh, owners of assault rifles uh, – let the state know, you know, that they own the state, the, the rifles. And, um, and so, and then at the end of the commercial or at the end of this promo, it's, they have the second amendment. They, they put it right out there. They, he puts right. it out there like it's sacrosanct. And right. yet the 14th amendment, right. you're right. right. Ooh, they got lawyers in court. Oh, it's not really what it means. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. we're, they we're, yeah. yeah right. They didn't put president in there that's the form because they don't want yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, he's allowed. Wow. In fact, we got to go like any, any minute, but we can't skip the idea that Trump's lawyer basically argued oh my God, for the yeah. appellate court yesterday that uh, if Trump had the Navy SEALs, assassinate one of his political opponents yeah it wouldn't be uh an indictment you could see i I would have a greater amount of respect at least under consistency for the aaron Rodgers of the world the joe rogans of the world if they pointed out that what the position that donald trump is taking Right. It, it stripped them of their liberty. The right. notion that he is above the law, that right. he's immune from any kind of prosecution, that right. he's effectively the emperor and he can do anything he wants. That's the advoc- That's what he's advocating. And right. I never hear. Right. I hear all these guys mock and make fun of Joe Biden. He's too old. He's feeble. You know, uh, his, his family's corrupt. Uh, they'll try to suggest that somehow or other Jeffrey Epstein, uh, it was Democrats who were on death. De- Epstein's Island and not Republicans, not their boy, Donnie, but they will never criticize Donald Trump. That's why that's my problem. It's like, guys, you either for liberty or you're not for liberty. You follow right. me, Monroe? Right. You're absolutely right, man. We're going to be talking with Jim Coogan about that at greater length uh, today. Drop the show this weekend about uh, the positions that Donald Trump's lawyers are taking. Uh, we'll close with this, Monroe. This is a, a weekly update with you. Um, are, are you... Are you now back to thinking the Supremes will uh, uphold Colorado and boot Trump off the ballot, or are you still thinking they're going to wimp out and uh, keep him on the ballot? Uh, you've been very, you've been sort of evolving. Yeah, well, no, because well, what what happens is uh, n- new facts come out and new arguments come out on both sides. And so, uh, as as your boy Donnie would say, they're, they're good ideas on both sides. Yeah, it's such a, there's good people on both sides. Uh, yeah. So I'm not. I mean, the reality, the fact is, of course, is what the Fourteenth Amendment says: is yeah. that uh, if you uh, violate if you've taken the oath, and yeah. then you try to you violate it by um, trying to form, have a coup. Yeah. Then you can't run again. 
Yeah. There's no question about that part. Actually, I mean, it, it is, but for the strict constitutionalists, it shouldn't even be a debate. It's not even an issue. You should be yeah. gone. We all yeah. know it. But they're going to yeah. chicken out, Monroe. You know it and I know it. Well, this is where um, I'm not sure one way or the other. I have two minds on it because they are strict. Uh, most of them are strict conservationists. And 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 um, and and the liberals are too on this, and so they may not be able to um, twist their way out of this. So they may, in fact, um, go for it. But I don't know because it's going to cause. This is the problem. It's going to cause such mayhem around the election. I mean, because each state has its own. Uh, approach to whether somebody can vote or not. And so if you're a state's right person, then you would have to say, okay, right on Colorado. But then on the other hand, um, the Supreme Court in 2000 figured out a way how they could, uh, could, could turn everything on its head. So it I I don't know. I've, I've got I've, I've got to see how the argument goes a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Well, week to week. So you've gone from uh, they're going to kick them off. They're not going to kick them off. And right now you're at, I don't know. I don't blame you. I'm a way on some things like I'm like a flag in the wind. Which way is it blowing this way? But I'm standing on this one. I'm not no doing, way they're going to knock I, them off. I'm no not way. yeah exactly. I'm not doing the wind thing. I'm looking at this, and as I hear arguments or see developments, then I shift. I'm 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 still if if to use a football analogy, I'm still in the uh, forty yard zone. Okay. But, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> on this side forty and the other side on the other, but it's. It's 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 in the, it's in the middle. <laughs> well, I got uh, you know, it's still on the table. Uh, if they kick them off, you get a free meal from me. Okay, <laughs> another one of my promises. Right, uh, exactly. Right. And I got this place I go to all the time now. Where I got to take you there. It's so good. Um, so anyway, we've run out of time. The great Monroe Anderson, uh, Cliff. I hope you've enjoyed another episode with Monroe. Yeah, uh, and and thank I, you. I told him to friend me on Facebook, so I, I may have his full name by next Okay. Week. And thank you very much for listening to the show. I do appreciate that, Cliff. Uh, Monroe, uh, have a great week. I'll talk to you next week, all right? Okay. All right. All right. That's great, Monroe Anderson. I also want to thank Producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. Hey, Producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, read columns from Ben Jarofsky, and a whole lot more, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben on Instagram, at Benny J Show, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.